0: I'd like to have guests introduce themselves. Could you share a bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Jeremy Momenthaler. That's Jeremy with a G. I go by he, him pronouns. Uh, I'm a design generalist, and uh, previously I was the design director of The Noun Project. And recently, uh, you and I have started working together at Sock Studios um, on presentation design and things like that. Uh, I have a a small little agency I'm calling Jeremy.Design that I'm doing some work out of, and I'm doing a lot of uh, mentorship in the design community as well. Outside of work, I'm playing my bass guitar and uh, doing a
1: lot more cooking and baking. I love to hear that you're doing uh, mentorship work. Could you talk a little bit about who you're mentoring and how how you sort of got involved with that, how long you've been doing it, any other details you want to share?
0: I've been... Mentoring, mostly it's uh, UX designers who are transitioning from one career to another. Those, that's the m- main um, hall of my uh, mentorship, mostly through a platform called Career Foundry. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to kind of learn the basics and process of um, what it takes to be a, a UX product designer kind of person. Um, and I also do some mentorship through a program called Rookie Up, and that one is a little bit more focused towards people and creatives who are looking to um, really work their portfolio a little bit more or ask some just kind of professional development questions. I've worked with everybody from, you know, I feel like their first uh, first time they ever heard of design was yesterday and as well as people who are, you know, 15 year veterans. So um, it's a little across the board and most of the skills are somewhere in uh UX design or, or product design, but um, I also mentor people in graphic design, visual design,
1: um, branding and strategy, uh, all, all those kind of things. That's fantastic. And for the people in the audience that don't know, what is the Noun Project?
0: The Noun Project is a, uh, it's a website and a platform where you can find iconography. We had the goal of collecting sharing and celebrating the world's visual language and we did that through the use of iconography so you can get um, these little pictograms of just about anything in the world download them and use them in presentations or uh, graphic design projects we have a lot of had a lot of teachers use them in their courses and things like that
1: and from my background information of of you uh you were there for a long time right
0: yeah, I just left uh, at the end of last year. Uh, I, I was the design director. I was there for nine years, uh, which seems like a long time in startup world. I always got questions about <laughs> how long uh, working on a product like that is. But it was really enjoyable to see something grow. Um, being I was the first employee, so we got to really build something out of nothing.
1: And how did you end up there as the first employee? Did you know the founder or were you part of coming up with the idea? Curious how that started and how to get at a company so early.
0: Yeah, it was one of those wonderful, happy accidents, I'd say. Um, I was working at a design studio called Simple Honest Work in Chicago. And we were working late uh, one night on on an iPad project or something. And uh, a friend of ours had Skyped us in and, and... he had had this idea to uh, have a central repository for all these icons he was using in his architecture projects. He was an interior architect, and we just thought his his idea was was great. We didn't know of anything that did that at the time, and um, so we we took a couple hours and said, "Hey, we'll let's we'll make a prototype for you," and using some like web standards and uh, really simple. Uh, JavaScript to, to make these SVG files downloadable, um, we made a, re- a simple page and put it up there and people really liked it. So it, it was really uh, taking something that we thought was a good idea and acting quickly on showing it to people. Um, once it took off on TechCrunch, I think, uh, or w- w- one of the publications of the time that really picked it up, um, made us realize that other people really could get value it- from it. Uh, and then, you know, a couple months later, after tinkering around on it in our spare time, I moved over to working on it full time as the first employee. Awesome, that's
1: so cool. Tell us a little bit about what Zock Studios is and the work that you're doing now since you left the non project.
0: Yeah, so Zock Studios uh, does presentation design. Uh, we do a lot of um, pitch decks and other ways to communicate um, ideas and businesses for people. You know it. Everybody, I think, in the tech world, at least, has to make presentation at least once or twice. And, um, you know, I've, as a, as a designer, I've, I've spent a lot of time creating these things and perfecting my, my skills. And it's really fun to be able to utilize these little tips and tricks that I've learned in, in communicating something visually to people and um, and helping others take their, you know, really great work
1: and um, just showing it off and helping them communicate that well and full transparency to our audience Zach studios is the creator of bezier podcast jeremy can you share a bit more about your process or even what a typical workday looks like for you
0: well typical work days have been changing for me uh but before quarantine times uh i i had made the plunge to work remotely um, I started taking on some clients recently, and doing them all uh, remotely. It's been nice to be able to um, build a routine that doesn't involve a commute. Uh, this is something that's been kind of new for me, and I've I've really really been enjoying it. But um, you know, spending spending my mornings really just getting creative and trying to uh, solve the the hardest problems that I have going on for the day. But each day is a different type of problem. Um, I've got some clients that are uh, I'm working on more strategy and, and larger web types of projects. And um, some are more on the visual and creative side, needing to, uh, you know, kind of take a concept and um, create some sort of uh, interactive visual for it uh, in a presentation. So, you know, trying to split those up a little bit and and make my my day uh equally as hard as it can be from from the beginning to the end um and then lately i've been breaking that up with a lot of cooking uh and and learning um i i'm taking a course right now on accessibility so you know taking an hour or two in the middle of my day when I'm starting to feel a little sluggish and and not as creative and injecting some learning at that point has been really helpful to, well, one, keep me on task, but two, um, you know, keep my, my skills sharp.
1: Nice. I think you started to answer my question before I even got a chance to ask it. I think you're probably the first guest on the show since we've been in quarantine. Um, If not, our last guest might have been just as things were starting to lock down in some countries. But you're definitely the first person that's been on since I've been quarantined. And and I'm glad you brought it up. What has that been like for maybe yourself? Or if you want to talk about maybe the, the more macro, like, what has it been like for our industry? And what have you noticed changing in both the work that you get to do and the work that maybe you want to do? I'm a part of a lot of
0: design communities. So the move to have to social distance and isolate has been challenging for, for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I, I've had a million <laughs> video calls with uh, clients and collaborators and and just other um, friends in the industry. And I, I do a lot of mentorship as well. So, so a lot of my students, they'll, uh, you know, everybody's having their own time. For me, it's been uh, strangely really positive. Uh, I mean, it has its ups and downs. And there's been plenty of days that I've felt like, you know, haven't done a whole lot and just kind of sit there and try and wait for (laughs) for something new to happen. Um, But most days I'm finding as opportunities to really focus in on what is important to me. Work has always been a really important aspect of, of just like my day-to-day life I, I don't want to be stereotyped into this but I, I really do think I'm a I think like a designer in most of my life um, or at least I, I practice my design in the way that I think maybe that's a better way of putting it and so with this cooking aspect that I've been getting into I'm not, I'm not much of a, a a great cook my partner is a wonderful cook and her and I have been just um, making a lot of lunches and dinners together in the kitchen and, you know, f- scouring around for new recipes and things has been a really wonderful way to um, feel growth and and positivity at this time. Um, we've been lucky enough to have, uh, you know, a stock kitchen and, and be able to, you know, get the things that we need um, to isolate. But Doing things like that have been uh, really, really great for our um, kind of sanity, and and just from a, I, I truly believe that it's bringing a lot of creativity and and positivity back to my work as well. Um, the 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 hardest part, I think, has been not overworking. Um, it, it's hard to feel productive, I think, because there's a lot of Uh, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things to worry about. And, um, you know, each time you get on a call, I think it's been really important. And and something I've been trying to really um, push out there is just to do a check in with everybody you speak with to to just see how they're doing on a human level. Um, And that, you know, it can bring up some hard stuff. uh, But as somebody who's feeling pretty positive about, you know, where, you know, the situation for myself at the moment, at least, um, I'm able to share that a little bit and, and take the burden off a little bit of the, of the stresses that people are feeling. And, um, you know, eventually we're able to make some progress, but the, the real important thing here is to, um, figure out w- w- what we need to survive. And, um, for me, it's been, you know, learning, keeping active and, Trying to uh, progress at at all of these these other things that are making me happy.
1: I really appreciate your perspective on that. Do you feel? I know I definitely feel this way, but do you feel like this is a, a huge departure from what work was life for you in last year, or even January this year, or maybe even more recently? Absolutely. So in January, I was working with an agency
0: called Philosophy, and you know we had this client where. Uh, the, I was doing a lot of driving around to their offices and then, uh, you know, our, our studio in Santa Monica. And I, I, I live in Los Angeles um, on, on the east side in Echo Park. So there was a lot of moving around and, and scheduling very specific um, coordinated efforts. <laughs> and before that, when I was working at Noun Project even, you know, there was, we had an office that we all went to um, in Culver City, and that commute in the morning to ramping up the day with, you know, a couple meetings and then getting into kind of the, the grind of it, um, it. It was good, but I'm, I'm really enjoying the kind of asynchronous remote life right now. Uh, it feels very different for me just because I, I ha- wasn't working that way before, but it's a chance to really reconsider what work means and, and how we're accomplishing it. It, it feels like a good opportunity for some fresh starts for people. And I know that there's going to be a lot of change and uh, <laughs> through that change is an opportunity for um, something new. So if if we can keep our eyes open for those new opportunities to uh, to
1: do those things, I think that's where
0: we're able to, um, you know, really make something of that.
1: What is one piece of advice for someone that's just trying to get into the creative field right now. And I think that normally I sort of leave this question a little more general for guests on the show, but I think that, um, you know, with our experience, unfortunately we have already sort of been creatives in the industry during a recession. And unfortunately I think people trying to get into the creative field right now might have to face, sort of the same obstacles. Um do you have any advice from your time like before the Noun project trying to job search if if you found yourself job searching then? And and either way, what advice do you have for somebody that's like trying to break in and in maybe a very competitive field?
0: That's a great question. I work with a lot of students through the mentorship stuff that I do, and most of that is centered around UX design. I, I consider myself a design generalist because I do everything from visual and strategy and UX and I, I also do development and woodwork. I do a little bit of everything. Um, but when I'm helping people transition typically from one professional career into UX design, they're always a little nervous because they feel like they need to start over or they need there's some specific path that they need to um, get on and what i think is so wonderful about the creative industry and designers especially is that we can create that path ourselves and um it it doesn't it doesn't have a a single way of existing so in, instead of thinking like, okay, I, I used to do this and now I need to do this, um, if you want to get into the creative field, all you need to do is just start learning some of the the methods and, and the process and then practicing it and figuring out how that works for you. Um, and that that's all sounds really vague, um, but but that's kind of its strength is that it's malleable and it can, it can form to... Um, what you really want. And I, I encourage people to find the parts of doing whatever creative work that they enjoy the most. Um, you know, journaling, I think, is a great way to figure those things out by, you know, when you're experimenting and learning and doing things, you write down what are the things that are, you know, kind of pumping you up, giving you energy, and what are the things that are bringing you down or taking it away. And, you know, by the end of, A couple months of learning something new you can really look back on on that creative um you know whether it's ux design or or motion graphics or you know whatever whatever it is um being able to understand what are the parts that you really love and start building a career around that um you know our field has always been very competitive and there's um the the lucky part is there's always there's always going to be work for creatives, um, and especially uh, de- uh, from the design side of things, because everything needs to be thought about on how it's being created or implemented or executed. And now more than ever, uh, you can say the word design in you know to a bunch of normal people, right, <laughs> and they understand what you mean and. In the business world, designers, I think a lot of people and myself included want to argue against this sometimes, but we do have a seat at the table nowadays, more than we ever have. And so um, even the most non-design-friendly corporations that we could think of still end up hiring designers or consultants or have some sort of... um, creatives that can come in and, and help them accomplish their goals, whatever they are. And so if we can help and be innovative in the way that we're approaching that ability, I think that there's always going to be some room for us. But the difference is going to be in this time versus maybe even just a couple of years ago, um, is that we, as, as just jobs and and. Markets become leaner and uh, m- more challenged, right? By, you know, the economic powers that be, um, we can, we, we just need to be innovative in the way that we're um, presenting ourselves, the way that the approach that we're having, and the way that we as creatives stand out. And some, for some people, that might mean, um, you know, making your visuals the best that they they just look really great and better than anyone else you could see right um but i think for a lot of us instead of trying to be maybe like better than everything that's out there thinking about what's a unique perspective that i have that i can share with the world or that i can put on this piece um i i just had a student yesterday that i was talking with and they were kind of concerned that you know, they're just learning this stuff and they're going to be competing against now a lot of people for these specific jobs. And my recommendation was to think about how to take their existing skill sets, which they had tons and plenty of, and find innovative ways to position themselves as maybe, you know, an expert in where UX design and some of their other skill sets cross and uh, uh, leveraging that to be a way to create a career path. Um, you know that's not necessarily what everybody's going to be able to do, but I truly think that um, if we can operate that way, there, there's even in the worst of times, there's still going to be room for um, and a need for our work. So um, yeah, we should we should be we should be being as innovative as possible right now. The other thing for me that was really important when when I started was getting into my community and the way that I did that was literally showing up to as many um, design and creative events and just being the most extroverted self that I was um, and putting myself out there. And I absolutely believe that, you know, the connections I made during that year of my, my life were the ones that I'm still getting, you know, kind of residual benefit from um very important for me today's landscape is going to be a little bit different for people who are just transitioning um especially this these couple weeks at least if not for however long quarantine exists um in in the places that people are as well as you know just around the world and again being innovative now in the way that you find your community is going to be the that's gonna that's the challenge but the uh The important part is finding whatever that community is so um twitter was another great way for me in the beginning it was kind of something that was still really new um, but it was widespread when i was getting started so it was like a, a great way to um have access to people um you know people i would read about in my design courses and and i was like studying their their work from 20 years ago i would tweet to them and they would tweet back to me and i it felt like the most it's probably the most like celebrity fanboy kind of thing that i can get is uh is seeing a, a like a heart little like come back from um even even just like that little bit uh It makes the world feel a little bit smaller and more approachable. And for me, having even those very light connections with the professional world at the beginning of my career um, was able to grow so much from that. And the world is a much more approachable place than you might even think it is, especially when you're just getting started. So I encourage people to reach out to people and, you know, be nice, be respectful. And um, it typically will come back.
1: I think that's great advice. What about for more senior people? What is your advice for them? If different, I think your advice is pretty applicable to them as well.
0: When leaving Noun Project, I thought for sure that I wanted to work at a much larger company. We, we were always under 20 people um, the almost decade that I worked there. And I really enjoyed you know, working on a small team and and making a huge impact with just you know very limited resources, which is another thing that we're going to have to do. Um, but in for senior level designers and creatives, um, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of opportunity to become leaders in spaces that uh, are less familiar with design. So, kind of similar to the other advice I was giving, but maybe in a more specific way. Um, we need to be advocates of design in business, in uh, finance, in um, government, in all of these different places that design and, and design methodologies don't exist as much. Um, I think that there's going to be some room for us to come in and, you know, make some impact using these skills, just maybe in not non-traditional ways. And as a senior, being able to take you know a decade or two decades or three decades of experience and apply that to an industry that could really use it and and get that innovation i think that's going to be um that's going to be killer
1: so there's a lot of great elements to our industry and and wonderful creatives but on the flip side there's you know a lot of Shitty people and bigotry and various forms. There's you know white supremacy and the patriarchy and ableism and racism and homophobia and we could go on. Unfortunately, what what are your tips for both fighting and resisting that, and also what what do you think we can do to make it better? One, educate yourself. Um, I have
0: a lot of books about. You know, understanding some of those situations, and I am by no means um, a scholar or an expert in those, but I'm trying to educate myself as much as possible. Uh, It's something that needs to be talked about much more often, is not just the symptoms and the problems that we're seeing. Uh, Those are, those are. Definitely, things we need to be talking about, but we need to be um, bringing up these conversations early in design process. Uh, we were—I was just speaking with an early-stage startup recently, and their platform was, uh, you know, going to be connecting lots of people, uh, and some of the questions that that we brought up were how are people going to be abusing this? And it felt a little premature right? in some cases. And I think a lot of people feel like, well, we'll worry about that once we have things more together. But if you can put at the ground floor of whatever idea you're working on, um, understanding how human behavior can run in a realistic way on that platform not just your ideal way i think it'll give you more tools and more perspective on how to um create something that encourages people to be their best selves and to be and to, to protect uh, our most vulnerable and that that's really what all of those isms that you referenced are is it's it's power dynamics and um it's much easier to when you take a step back and you kind of look at well where does the power lie and um, making sure that the more vulnerable party of whatever the situation is is protected is um is a great way i think to approach those types of really um horrible situations and especially the ones that are in that gray area where you know um i think well listening to what some of the big social media companies and, and uh, especially when they have to testify in front of Congress or something um, and how they talk about needing to make these really tough decisions. And a lot of us at home go, well, uh, it seems so obvious, you know, like do, do the right thing. Um, I, I have been in the situation of having to make difficult decisions for users who are behaving inappropriately. And um, for me, it's always thinking about those power, power dynamics and understanding, okay, well, who's, who's the vulnerable people and making sure that they're protected first. And then once we can see that, we can understand um, how stuff works on a, on a larger level. But it really starts with uh, reading and, and, and learning as much as possible.
1: I think that's really great advice. And I think that Transitions really well into my next question, which is, what book do you think everyone should read? I have a lot of books
0: that I think everybody should read, and it makes me feel like I'm somebody who reads a lot of books, and it um, is very not the case. I I love books as a physical object. I'm I think every designer probably um, has that same problem slash hobby and love. So let let's talk about. I'm a straight white man. Um, I hit American. I hit the uh, privilege cards out out the water, Mm -hmm. right? Um, There's this book called uh, So You Want to Talk About Race. I think it is a wonderful book um, that was, you know, it wasn't a lot of news to me, but I think it was really nice in the way that she framed the, um, the, the topic it made it 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 approachable on one side of being like no this is this is something that I think is important and I'm going to actually read this um, but it also was very um, honest in the way that it made me have to confront things that uh, in my own world where there's aspects of my life and privilege that I need to understand better and and this book actually really helped me put some things in perspective. Um, there's a book that I have yet to read, uh, but it's next on my list. I feel like that's a terrible way to um, recommend a book, but
1: well, now that you've mentioned it, I can't wait to hear what you're going to no. say. So, it's uh, future ethics. I have that on my bookshelf I, right here as well. Wonderful!
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about that one and and this other book by Cat um, Holmes called Mismatch. My friend Jamie recommended it to me. Um, That's that's another one that I'm really excited about, but I have yet to read.
1: I will put links to all these books in the show notes for people to click on. Who is one person that our listeners should know about?
0: I'm going to say one of my most favorite people in the world who everybody probably knows about. And I feel silly that this is the person I'm recommending on one hand, and I feel like it's the most exact perfect answer on the other hand. Um, But this person is Prince Rogers Nelson. Prince. You should learn as much as you can about Prince. If you don't know about him, you should listen to his music. If you've listened to his music, you should watch his films. If you've watched his films, you should read about him and his life. He is a interesting wonderful human being who uh i think about probably daily and is a huge inspiration for um, my music but also my life and design work
1: and yeah prince what a great answer definitely not what i expected so uh definitely great (laughs) I believe everyone should get paid for their time. So on this show, we share profits from the advertisements with all our guests. Are there other ways that the listeners can support you? You can go to jeremy.design,
0: which is my little design studio. If you're looking for any sort of design strategy work or icon design, um, any anything that you want to talk about or or do, you can go through that. If you're somebody who is transitioning into the design world or you're looking for somebody to review a portfolio, I do a lot of mentorship through a few different programs. Um, You can find information about that on my website, jeremy.design. And I've always wanted to put out a little shop of all the little things that I make. And I've always just dragged my feet on it. But maybe now is the time to really put that out there. If and when that goes live, you can find it on that website as well. Jeremy.design. And that's G-E-R-E-M-Y.design.
1: And other than Jeremy.design, where is the best place for people to find you, see updates in the future when you do launch your webshop? On Twitter, at Jeremy Good.
0: So that's Jeremy with a G again. Um, but I signed off of that lately because I noticed it was really bumming me out the world is in an interesting place and we need to be sharing information and staying safe. And it's very important for people to have a good understanding of what's going on. For me, the last couple of weeks, um, it was not a positive place for me. So I needed to to take a step back, but I'll probably be back there soon. And
1: uh, anywhere else on the internet, you can find me at Jeremy Good. And before we uh, wrap this up, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience?
0: Um, Just that it's been a pleasure knowing and working with you, Zach. Um, And I'm really grateful that you've put together this podcast. I've been listening to it for a little bit now. I think it's wonderful. Um, I think right now, more than ever, we really need some kind and thoughtful conversation. So, for anybody who who is listening and and wants to just have a nice, good chat, feel free to reach out to me or or somebody else that you respect or or love out in the world or in our field, whatever it is. But I think just you know send a nice a nice couple words, it'll go a long way.
1: Fantastic, Jeremy. Thank you so much for being on Bezier.
0: Thank you, Zach. It's it's been fun.